Remus absently drummed his fingers on the arm of his late father's favorite chair, watching Jinny brew the wolfsbane potion in the study fireplace. Her hair was snapped tightly into a barrette at the back of her neck, and her sleeves had been pushed up past her elbows. She hummed to herself as she stirred, but Remus only half listened to the tune. The daily prophet lay abandoned in his lap. He was now thinking about tonight, and the sort of transformation it would be. Simple. Gentle. Remus wasn't sure if he was imagining it, but Ginny seemed to make the potion better than anyone ever had. It was more than effective. It almost seemed to put him in good spirits, while the wolf inhabited his body, and he had been waking up much less exhausted after full moons. He even thought his hair looked a little browner than usual. He certainly felt younger. Sirius had looked younger, too, ever since Ron had begun to give the ministry his full attention. Perhaps the Weasley presence had natural restorative effects, Remus reflected with a smile, listening to Sirius and Ron discuss law in the front room. Or perhaps it was the fact that Sirius had successfully spoken with Harry. He had come home from their walk with incredible energy, and his happiness on that subject had now lasted for nearly two weeks. But most likely, Remus thought, it was simply becoming obvious to all of them that life was beginning again. Voldemort wasn't coming back, and though the injuries he had left were far from healed, Remus had high hopes that none of them would see another Dark Lord in their lifetime. His mind unmercifully suggested that if evil like Grindelwald and Voldemort had appeared within a space of sixty years, then the rest of them were likely to see another uprising of evil before they died, but he pushed the thought as far down as it would go. "'Next one,' Sirius said, and his voice traveled clearly into the study. "'Vedemir Bradley.' There was a rustling of papers, and then Ron cleared his throat. "'Right. Blackmail and money laundering, and he's also the one that tried to bribe Moody just before he got stunned. It says in his file that he's willing to trade information for his freedom.' "'That's not the way I work,' Sirius said grimly. But let's put him on trial next, Ron suggested. He might slip up, and we might get something useful out of him. Evidence against someone else. True. Put him at the top of the pile. Next one? Remus half smiled at the door, amazed at how much things could change in a short time. Sirius had hardly noticed that tonight will be the full moon. He hadn't hovered or worried, and the afternoon sun continued to mellow as the clock crept toward moonrise. Next one's Tarika Hoodoo, accused of harboring Death Eaters and of providing her home as a prison for war captives. Ron gave a loud snort of laugh. What? Sirius asked. She played for Africa in the World Cup when I was a kid. Incredible beater. Her bat probably came in handy when she was torturing people. We don't know that she tortured. I know. Ron was quiet for a moment, and so was Sirius. There was another loud rustling of paper. But they're not all bad, Ron said after a while. Marty Gudgeon's a real surprise. He's been a reserve seeker for the cannons for about seven years, and no one knew he could hit a bludger till Oliver came along and stuck a bat in his hand. Harry and I had a great time watching him kick ours last night. It's good that Harry went with you, Sirius said at once. How did he seem? Ginny looked up from the cauldron and turned her face to the door and Remus watched her. Really good, Ron said, 
sounding as if he were surprised about it. Really good. Normal, for Harry, you know. Quiet and all, but it's like he's got his sense of humor back. He only seemed upset towards the end of the match. Why? Sirius's voice was anxious. Oh, it was nothing, Ron laughed. Just seeker rivalry. Knight missed the snitch twice, and Harry kept tearing at his hair. He finally left his seat, and when he came back, he had a butterbeer extra in each hand. I tried to grab one, but he said they were both for him, and I'd have to go get my own. Jenny snickered and turned back to her cauldron, looking satisfied. Knight caught the snitch at the end, of course, Ron continued. Bloody great seeker. Oliver did his usual routine, tried to throw his arms around her as soon as they'd won, but she just kicked him off and told him to go to hell. He laughed. Saved it on my omnioculars, if you want to see. Saved her catch, too. It was brilliant. Oliver's lucky he found someone to replace what he lost in Harry. Replace? Jenny yelled so loudly that Remus jumped. She yanked her stirring rod out of the cauldron. Replace? I hardly think so. Oh, sorry, Ron yelled back. Far be it from me to criticize him in front of his fan club. Shut up, Jenny warned, pushing a stray bit of hair out of her eyes. Shut up, Ron mocked in a high voice. Remus laughed. He had got used to Ron and Jenny being around, behaving like siblings. It was somehow a comfort to hear their playful bickering. Is that ready? he asked Jenny, and pointed to the cauldron. She nodded and ladled a perfect serving into a goblet. It steamed and frothed as she carefully carried it to Remus's desk. Here. Thanks. Remus took a deep breath, pinched his nose, and swallowed the dose in one gulp. It was disgusting. He fought his gag reflex, clapped the goblet onto the desk, and moved his hand to his pocket for a peppermint imp, but Jinny was ahead of him. She held out an imp and dropped it into his palm. Thanks again, he said, and popped it into his mouth. That's you taken care of, Jinny muttered to herself, and returned to her cauldron with a confident swirl of her work robes to put out the fire and clean up the tools. Remus watched her work, still listening to Ron. And then Cole Carey got the quaffle and took off for the far end of the pitch. She's something else. The other teams do nothing but foul her. Bert Fuller flew straight at her, but he just pitched the ball to Newland and clang, another ten points. And then Oliver, Ron, Sirius impatiently cut in, Quidditch later, we have to finish this. Ron heaved a sigh. Next is Francis Coldwater. Male or female? Sirius asked, and Remus could hear the furious scratching of a quill against parchment. He shivered a little at the enhanced sound. The wolf was coming. Female, Ron replied. Geoffrey Coldwater's wife. Their files should go together. They're accused of the same thing. Which is? Setting curse traps. There's evidence that they set traps outside of Hogwarts and in Hogsmeade and around individual homes. Apparently, they targeted the homes of Muggleborns. Ron laughed harshly. I take it back. Let's put them on trial next. They're being so morbid out there, Jenny said softly. She had put out the fire and was standing beside Remus, scanning the bookshelves which stood against the wall at his left. Remus looked up at her, but her face was turned away. Not deliberately, he answered. What book are you looking for? Jenny shrugged. Just looking. She kept her back to him and ran a finger across a row of spines. If you're that bored, you might want to get a head start on your N.E.W.T.'s. 
Remus advised. Homeschooled students will still have to take them. Start studying early or you'll be in a world of trouble. Just ask Sirius. I'll be fine. Ginny didn't turn around, but she dropped her hand to her side. Remus wasn't certain, but he thought he felt something strange in the air around Ginny. He was no healer, but his senses were heightened as the moonrise approached, and he felt as if his space were being invaded, as if someone were tampering with his energy. He frowned at Ginny's back. "'What are you doing?' he demanded. Ginny didn't answer. Remus scanned her posture, and his eyes came to rest on her hands. They were turned towards him, palms facing his chair. "'Ginny, what is it?' "'Looking for a book,' she attempted, but she moved her hands a little, and Remus felt a definite charge in the air between them. "'Stop it,' he ordered. "'Turn your hands around, Ginny. You're not practicing on me.' Ginny turned around and met his gaze, making no attempt to deny what she was doing. "'Please?' she asked. "'I need to work on someone, and—' "'No, absolutely not. "'You'll hurt yourself.' "'Remus shook his head. "'You're still working on animals,' he reminded her. "'You promised not to rush.' "'Please!' Jenny held her hands out in appeal. "'You have to let me practice. "'I have to build up a tolerance or I'll never—' "'She colored but didn't look away. "'It's not fair,' she added quietly. "'You know it's not.' Remus knew. It wasn't fair that she was barred from the person she cared for most. It wasn't fair that she had been gifted and burdened with a talent she could not control. But there was nothing to be done about it. Practicing on me isn't going to help you, he answered truthfully. I've got issues, and I don't say that lightly. Jinny looked gravely at his face. I know that, but no, listen. Remus laughed a little. You don't know. You would certainly injure yourself on my energies. What, because it's a full moon? Too much wolf to get past? She smiled a little, and Remus smiled back. She had been making the potion for so long now he didn't mind her questions about the werewolf. No, he answered. Under any circumstances, I would be difficult to work on. You'll have to wait. And don't even think of trying to work on Sirius. It would kill you. Ginny made an impatient, whining noise. What am I supposed to do? She pleaded, and Remus knew that she was thinking of Harry. I can't even stand near him, she said hotly. He can't even come over. It's ridiculous. She marched over to her cauldron, snatching up her tools and wrapping them haphazardly in their various soft cloths. I can't get next to him, she muttered, obviously too worked up to be embarrassed about what she was saying. You just don't know what that's like. Remus cocked an eyebrow, wondering how old he must look to her. Don't I? If you did, Jenny returned, cleaning her cauldron with a snap of her wand and yanking it out of the fireplace, then you'd let me practice. She put her tools into the cauldron and gave Remus a meaningful look. I'm ready to practice. I have to. I wanted to clear it with you, but if you're going to hold me back, then... Jenny... Remus looked steadily at her, and the wind seemed to go out of her sails. What? She sighed. Do you honestly think I'm trying to hold you back? She looked at the floor. No. I understand what you're feeling, he told her, and he couldn't help a smile when she looked skeptically up at him. I do, he repeated. 
but the fact remains that if you open yourself up to me or to Sirius, then you'll get badly hurt. Remus paused and carefully considered his next words. We're off limits, and so is Harry. Ginny's eyes clouded for a moment, and then realization dawned in them. Are you saying, she began slowly, that I can work with someone else if I want to? Remus narrowed his eyes at her. Someone very simple, Ginny. Someone with little depth. No real complexity of nature. Perhaps a child, or a childish person. Ginny was ahead of him again. Ron! she yelled. Ron! I have to talk to you! No, not Ron, Remus whispered. I was thinking that you might want to work with your new nephew, or... You said someone childish and simple, Ginny replied quickly, her eyes alight with excitement. That's Ron, and I've so wanted to tell him that I'm a healer. I just didn't want to say anything before I could really do something. Ron! I'm working, he shouted back. No respect for my professional life, he muttered to Sirius. Actually, we're finished for now, Sirius sounded amused. Go and see what your sister wants. I'll see you at the office in the morning. There was a long silence, an enormous shuffling of paper, and then the sound of heavy, reluctant footsteps. Ron appeared in the doorway of the study, looking put upon. What? he demanded. I'm walking you home, Jenny said breathlessly. She banished her cauldron up to her room, forcing Ron to flatten himself against one side of the doorway as it sailed past. I finished with Remus, Jenny continued, and there's something that I want to tell you. I've got... She paused and grinned. I've got some news. Remus caught her eye and smiled. He could practically feel her enthusiasm, and though he was worried for her safety, he couldn't bear to hold her back any longer. He wondered briefly about his teacher's ethics, and then decided not to think about it. Ron eyed Ginny warily. News? he asked, looking a bit frightened. What kind of news? It's, it's nothing to do with Harry, is it? Oh, for the love of Merlin! Ginny glanced over her shoulder and rolled her eyes at Remus. News about me, Ron, she shot back. Not some sensational story about my love child or something. Stop, Ron protested, putting his hands over his ears. Sick. Ginny nearly ran to him and grabbed his arm. Come on, let's go, she said eagerly. Be very, very careful, Remus called after her as she and Ron disappeared down the corridor. Tell Ron to contact Sirius right away if there are any problems. I won't be able to help tonight, but he'll know what to do. All right, Ginny called back. Remus heard the front door swing open. What problems? Ron demanded. The door slammed. Quiet filled the house for two luxurious seconds, and Remus reveled in it. The light in the study was orange, and the moon was well on its way. It was nice to sit still in his own body and know that there would be no real problems when the other body came to claim him. It was wonderful to be, if not at peace, then as close to it as Remus imagined he could come. There was a sudden noise of claws on hardwood floorboards, and a short, happy bark signaled to Remus that he was about to be assailed. Sure enough, a massive dog bounded into the study and jumped halfway onto Remus's desk, putting his messy paws on all of the pavers and knocking the goblet to the floor. 
Do you think you could possibly control that drooling? Remus asked, looking from the dog's feral grin to the twin puddles that were gathering on his desktop. Truly unattractive, he murmured. Sirius appeared before him at once, tall and offended. I can't help it, he protested, sounding hurt. I have trouble with loose gums. A sign of old age, Remus observed dryly. Padfoot's getting old, Sirius growled. Dog years. He pulled his wand and cleared all evidence of Padfoot's oral incontinence from Remus's desk. Better, he said in an obnoxious voice that meant he didn't care whether or not it was better. Much, replied Remus, holding in a smile. And amazingly, I still have an appetite. I think I like a steak, as a matter of fact. Helps to control the cravings. Sirius's joking expression faded. You took the last dose? Yes. And it's fine? Yes. And you're fine? I will be, when I've had a steak. Sirius's pale eyes glinted. I happen to make a damn good steak, he said, peering out the window, and there's just enough time for it. Remus left his desk. He spent the final hour before moonrise in the kitchen, eating and talking with Sirius, and feeling that his life could hardly be improved.